welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Fay. And this week we are talking about the family classic, Stuart Little. That is right, the Stuart Little, the mouse in the house, man. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, this is this is audience choice too. So uh, uh, this and is... you picked right, guys. You picked so right. I feel so good about this. I am so excited to cover this movie. Yeah, guys, absolutely. if you haven't seen Stuart Little, okay. You first of all go watch Stuart Little because it's gonna blow your mind. Okay, you have to watch this. It's an hour twenty. Go watch this movie because <laughs> you—it's unbelievable. All right, so it's about the story of a family, the Littles. Okay, um, you know, husband, wife got a little boy, and they're like, okay. We're going to go adopt a son. We're going to give this little boy a brother. They show up to the adoption agency and they were like, wait a tick. Is that a talking mouse? (laughs) Yes. Okay. We have to adopt this talking mouse instead of a human child that we definitely have room and space and money for. But uh, yeah, we're going to bring this mouse home. Uh, They bring the mouse home. The child does not care for this mouse. Georgie boy says, no, no, that's not a brother. That's a mouse. (laughs) Excuse me. He was real excited to get a brother. He was really stoked, okay, to get a brother. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) so Stuart comes home. Uh, The cat, Snowbell, not too impressed because uh, this cat's been here for a while. Nobody's called this cat brother, but for some reason we're picking up animals going, okay, this is a part of the family in a different way. Okay, this cat is upset because uh, for the first time in history, a mouse has a, uh, sorry, yes, a mouse has a pet cat. This cat's like, listen, you gotta lay low, bud, okay? Because uh, if the other cats see this, I'm not gonna be able to go outside, okay? You gotta get it together, all right, buddy? So (laughs) then, as a plan to get this, this mouse out of the house, this cat goes to some gangster cats, Smokey, Smokey and the Bandits, um, a group of cats that, I don't know, they're alley cats, all right? They're bad cats. Or or cats, maybe, <laughs> in a broader term. They're just cats, all right? They're hanging out, they're doing cat things. They form a plan. Not, these cats don't even go for attack first. They're like, you know what? Those other two mice we didn't kill. Let's get these two mice to pretend that I guys I know this is probably the longest explanation of a movie but I really want you to understand <laughs> what this movie is all about all right so um they then get these two mice to pretend to be Stuart Little's parents real parents okay and they're like hey you have a hole in your heart come come with us they they order a taxi which stops for them they then take him to a castle where he lives there for, I don't know, a couple of months, I suppose. A day, maybe? A day? I don't know. <laughs> what is mouse time? What does this mean? I have no idea. Um, the cats then decide they're going to come get him because the family's looking for him. And you know what? We can't have this. We're going to go get him. Um, and these two mice grow a conscious and they're like, run, Stuart, little run. Okay, go go off into the good night, find the littles, and then we have a a uh, tr- up the tree battle scene. Okay, after Snowbell tells Stuart that uh, the littles don't want him, they cut him out of a photo, and uh, it turns out that Snowbell 
being the villain of this movie, I would say, I'm oh, sorry, I jumped the gun there a little bit, Craig, <laughs> but uh, Snowbell turns a corner and says, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to protect Stuart Little. I'm going to bring him back. And then they, uh, they end in a fairy tale family get together. And that's, yep. That's Stuart Little. And that's Stuart Little, baby. Adopt human beings adopting Sorry, a talking mouse and not at all. It's the longest not, explanation for a movie I think I've done no, on this it's podcast. Perfect, because like, we're we gonna, really we are gonna dive into all of those details. Oh <laughs> my they are all pertinent. I didn't uh, remember this movie time, at all properly. <laughs> What's that? You didn't. Remember? I don't think I remember this movie at all properly. I think this I probably is for watched sure this movie the first like, time I've ever seen it. No. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, that's this wild. came out in uh, what? Ninety nine. Oh yeah. yeah. So I was like watching Matrix in the theaters in ninety nine. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Stuart Little, baby. So you're. This is first watch for you. So upon watch first watch, Craig, what are your opinions, feelings, and thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my first thought was like, oh, they haven't quite figured out how to do a convincing CGI mouse at this point. Like, I think they oh, were just I on the cusp love of that's that that was where you started because <laughs> of yeah. all the problems to have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you know, in all honesty, it's like it's a fine kids movie, you know. And oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I get it. I get how this is charming and fun. But the questions that the existence of Stuart Little brings up are mind-blowing. So many questions. I have so many questions. We need to restructure the world as we know it. (laughs) I have so many questions about the mice relationship with humans. The moral implication of Stuart Little being able to talk and being a, an adoptable human being, or an, like adoptable as a human being, is uh, uh, earth shattering. Like, yes! like everyone should be. Th- this movie should start with them adopting a talking mouse, and then the whole world grinding to a halt as the like uh, as they have to like think about what that means and implies. And like, yeah. it should be a three hour movie of them. Like, you know that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where they're like the measure of a man, where they're like, is Data alive? Like, it should be about that for everything in the world. <laughs> yes! It's, it is so funny to me that they gloss over that so quickly. They're like, they identified Stuart Little's dead parents by their dental records. So that means that mice go to dentists, okay, that they have records of, and that the police actually have access to said records. They're working with also the mice police, I guess. I don't know. Do mice have police? These are all questions I have. Why... Why can they hear the mice, but they can't understand the cats? Oh, or maybe they could understand whole... the cats, but cats have like an al- alliance where they're like, okay, we don't speak in front of humans. I don't know. I don't know. But that How I guess can mice us... order cabs? <laughs> that... Why is everyone acting like this is normal? I uh... <laughs> Because like, okay. Okay, because if it's like, here's the thing. If it was just Stuart Little and they were like, okay, this is like so magical talking mouse i was like okay i was totally on board for like whatever 75 percent of this movie because i was like okay this is like this magical mouse that you adopted i guess because you're like oh this mouse can talk that's crazy but then when the other two mice show up and start talking to them i'm like no this whole thing falls apart (laughs) this whole thing crumbles 
Okay, and then when they start talking about the dental records and like that these these mice were grocery shopping and got crushed by a can. So that means there's some lower level shelving for mice in all grocery stores. <laughs> this opens up so many cans. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's insane. And I get it 100%. I show up at an orphanage. Um, I am, uh, I, 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 I discover that a talking mouse exists. Not only a talking mouse, a very coherent, well-dressed mouse, I will yes. say. Uh, charming, it sounds like Michael J. Fox. Am I going to be adopting that mouse? Yes, 100%. You are right. Um, but you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to adopt a human child as well. You can do both. <laughs> you can do both. You okay. There is room the in that bed. There's room in that bed. You have, you guys have so much. They have so much money. Okay. They have so much money. All right. They, they have live in- a detached house across the street from Central Park yeah. in New York City. They are literally billionaires. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that basement alone is insane. Okay. The basement alone is incredible. All right. You have room. You can do both. You had enough money. You have so much money that you got a tiny sink installed overnight. Yes. Overnight. The next day, the sink is there. Okay. Ready to go. All right. You have plumbing installed for something you didn't know existed. They were anticipating a real boy. Yes. <laughs> they, yes. They, they had a that. tiny sink installed overnight with that scene. Okay. In, honestly, as an adult, okay, like, and again, as a children's movie, if you don't look too close, this is great. This is a fun family movie, very magical, a lot of fun, talking animals, I'm down, okay. You watch this as an adult and start, like, a set, like the way we look at movies, oh, no. <laughs> okay, the scene where it's just Stuart Little in that gigantic bed, I'm like, that's the saddest thing I've ever seen. That's the saddest thing I've ever it seen. Is. You just watched a bunch of kids in a room run around. This little mouse told you how dope all these kids are, and there's so many cool kids in here, and you should take one of these. You can do both. Okay, you can afford. <laughs> Stuart Little would be happier, and I would argue safer and more comfortable uh, in a shoebox. You know, you do have yes. a little shoebox diorama for him. Uh, he's got a nice bed. He's got a desk. Get him he's a got- dollhouse, man. These people have money. Oh, full, you know what I mean? You do a full dollhouse. You're absolutely Pimp right. out his own little house. But like, otherwise, it's a it's a mouse in a human sized bed. Which how does he even get up there? Like, I know mice are very ag- agile and stuff like that. But it's just like, and then I mean, we sort of uh, jumped over this part of the podcast. But like <laughs> the uh, the villain of the movie. Whoa. Oh man, Snowbell. So I have now- so many arguments. I've never, honestly, there's sometimes when we get on this podcast, sometimes I'm like, all right, we're going to have to work a bit. This one, I was like, this is a slam dunk from the start. Yeah. Okay. This cat is correct. Yeah. So in that scene where he's like tucked into bed, uh, they, the cat, uh, Snowbell comes up and he's like, you get to sleep in like a whole human size bed. That's bullshit. I have to sleep on a rag in the corner. Which is, I'm going to, as a cat owner, I'm going to kind of call shenanigans on uh, because cats don't (laughs) have to sleep anywhere. Cats sleep wherever they want. Uh. Well, yes, but you could could understand as a cat that designation of like, this is where your bed is and that's where his bed is. Yes. Infuriating. I also, okay. So the first thing Snow, Snow, uh, Snowbell does is 
You want to say snowball, don't you? Oh, so bad. So bad. Um, <laughs> that's going to start calling him snow. Snow. Anyway, yeah. so snowball, um, the first thing he does to Stuart Little is try, eat, to try and him. eat him. Okay. <laughs> this is a very valid response. Okay. That is actually why some people have cats. <laughs> Is yeah. to get rid of mice, okay? This is an instinct, okay? Of course he's trying to eat Stuart Little. Also, I love, I love that these parents pick the cat up and just, like, say this. To, like, don't eat Stuart, okay? Because that's like telling me in Spanish not to eat the donut on the table, okay? There's a chance I might understand this, but probably not. Okay, who are you talking to right now? What's happening? Yeah, okay. 90% chance that I see you pointing to a donut and saying something in Spanish. I'm going to go, for me? Yeah, you like, I don't, what? You don't know if that's getting through. This is not, no. Okay, you can't, this isn't going to work this way. And again, valid response for a cat to have, okay? Yeah. Then, okay, if we're going to start, I'm sorry, I've got like a whole thing on Snowball. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, okay. I have a whole thing Pop on Snowball. On Snowball. Okay. <laughs> first of all, the first thing, okay, so he is like kind of mad dogdom a little bit, but valid, okay? Cat versus mouse. This makes sense, okay? So he leaves him in the washing machine. Now, this could be looked at as cruel or whatever. I'm going to stay. How did you expect that cat to do anything? It's a cat <laughs> okay that's a washing machine okay maybe like a lassie moment maybe the cat could go and try and alert a human being with thumbs but i don't know if that cat also thank god that was an old washer huh that shit would have locked so hard in present day you can't do that scene now <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah especially they're, they're, if they're front loaders yeah yeah, yeah. oh they, front they loader full of water there's no way okay no way. you gotta smash that glass yeah that's all that's a way more dramatic scene if that's a newer washer Anyway, leaving him in there, there's no way that cat could have done anything. Oh, I- fair. Yeah, like, uh, we forget that the cat does not actually have any communication skills. Because he can talk to... Other uh, cats. He can other talk cats to Stuart. Other cats, he can talk to Stuart, but cannot, very importantly, cannot speak to humans. And don't um, think about that for too long. <laughs> uh, well, they do not, certainly. Yeah. Uh and yeah, so I think it's fine. So uh, I'm just going to, I just want to quickly go in. Like, we're, since we're on Snowbell, I just want to go in on cats in this universe in general. Yes. For a second. Because, okay. In this, you know, cats are under the subjugation of humans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're designated as pets. Okay. So they're like sort of involved in this caste system. Right. And as you said, like people have cats to get rid of rodents. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. historically why people have allowed cats to like hang around and be in their their houses. So there's kind of like this, like the mice eat the, the grain, right, that we try and store away. And then we keep the cats. So the cats eat the mice. And there's kind of like a natural order argument to be made there. Right. Like the cats hunt and they hunt the rodents. Um but the fact that Stuart Little can talk and the fact that the cats can talk is so mind-blowing because now these creatures can be reasoned with, right? That whole yes. natural order thing just goes out the window. But the the Littles don't, like, reevaluate the hierarchy at all or, like, question how other animals 
might fit into this. They just take an animal and they promote it to the level of human to be like master over other animals. Like that's not justice. You know what I mean? Like if you discover that that mice can talk, at, wouldn't you be like, by the way, do other animals talk? Can the cat talk? What does the cat want? Absolutely. So the I fact- don't think that's really their fault. Like I don't I think that there is a better way to go about what they're trying to do, but I think that they are uh they're kind of being passed over here. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I I <laughs> Sorry, I still keep going. Mentally, I still keep going back to you showed up to a room full of children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then you're like, oh, like George isn't accepting uh, of uh, <laughs> of this mouse. Also, you know what would have made him more accepting if there was also a kid they brought home that was like, I know this mouse and he's dope. He's yeah. awesome. We're like I've been hanging out adventures. with this mouse for we've been yeah we've been going on adventures. We're gonna be a we're gonna be a trio right now. This is gonna be crazy. We're gonna have that so much been fun. fun for everybody. That's a that's a great tra- a, a fun family movie. You know what yeah. I mean? We got a we got a mouse and a kid and another kid and this is great. Instead um, of this kid that's like oh I don't want to go sail my boat. <laughs> I don't want to go on my model yacht club, father. The other yacht boys make fun of me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they call me, what is it? Captain, uh, <laughs> Captain, oh, uh, oh, I don't know what it is. Anyway. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Captain Loser is what it is. It's Captain such, Loser. Yeah. <laughs> which is harsh, I mean, harsh. But, um, yeah, and then George just starts throwing hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just starts fucking throwing hands. This kid has... Such a short fuse. So I, I, and I do want to get back to the adoption in general in a bit, but since we're talking about this boat race, <laughs> they fucking cheated. They cheated yes. on this boat race. Yes. I am sorry. Uh, yep. None of the other kids have somebody on board the nope. boat navigating it Mm-mm. because Mm-mm. they're all remote. They're supposed to be remote controlled. So you know what Although you know every kid went home and went, Daddy, I want to adopt a mouse. I want to adopt a talking mouse, Daddy. Yes. Uh, and that other kid who was just like, by the way, I guess I can just kind of ram other boats and sink them. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of fair game. Oh, that feels like fair game to me. You got a beast on the road. That's a part of this. It's like monster trucks, man. Yeah. What is it? What are they mad at this kid for livening up this dull event? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I no, and that's a that's a that's an activity I would gleefully take part in. Which yeah, is remote controlled battle boats. Are you kidding me? Like remote controlled naval battles where you're like doing it like old that's school, awesome. school Greek and, style where you're ramming things and like great. It's like when I watch a watch a fight in hockey. I'm like, oh boys, we shouldn't, but maybe we should. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. There's a part of me that's like, nah, nah. But there's also a part of me that's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, fuck up that boat. Uh, fuck up that boat. <laughs> fuck up that boat, yes. And I do not know. The, the other thing was, like, this boat race was sort of framed in terms of little Georgie. He's like, I don't want to because I always lose. And 
I don't think I'm very good at it. So you're like, oh, he doesn't have any self-confidence. And his dad, Hugh Laurie, by the way, <laughs> Hugh Laurie and uh, Gina Davis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dr. House and one half of Thelma and Louise. I was uh, just screaming <laughs> house the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, house. I forgot house was in this. It's <laughs> like, a very uh, so, major part of it. Yeah. So he's very kindly explaining to Georgie, it's it's trying that counts. And we just do our best. And if you enjoy something, you just do it. Very fatherly, very kind, very nice. But then Stuart Little jumps into the boat and wins the race. Let me ask you this, Rebecca. How would you feel if, uh, if uh, uh, you weren't very good at something as a kid? Yeah. And all of a sudden... Your sibling <laughs> jumps in and f- aces it first try. You know, is that going to make you feel more confident about doing it? Mm. I don't think uh, so. Knowing young Rebecca, that there's bitterness there. There's bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here's the reaction I think I would have as a kid, and I think a lot of kids would have, which is. Uh, my brother or my sister jumps in and goes, look, I did it. No problem. And I go, well, I guess I don't do that anymore because that's your thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But I also think honestly, because he's a mouse, I think even though he's like, you're my brother, I think he still kind of use him as a pet. <laughs> it, yes, that, I think that was kind of like, look at, look at what my pet can do. <laughs> Because like if if it wasn't like if it was like my dog that jumped in and did it, I'd be like I'd be stoked. True. You know what I mean? You'd be like, look at that. So I think honestly, I would we have make the kind argument. Of an air bud of yachting sort yes, of situation. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yes, the air bud of yachting. Yes. Air. I'm picturing that VHS cover. Air bud. Fuck the pores. Uh, fuck the pores. <laughs> it's just. A golden just, retriever in a sailor's hat, mowing down. <laughs> a polo and some Sperry's, just, yeah. just fucking ratty. Just a, a golden retriever in deck shoes. Uh, <laughs> he hates them, but you got to wear them on the boat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Three other bro dogs with him for the boys. <laughs> boys, 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 boys. <laughs> I actually would like to watch that movie, quite frankly. I would, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> quite frankly, I would want to watch that movie. All right. I Okay, I have brought an argument. <laughs> okay. So, this might sound insane to you, but I have I have a uh, five-point argument. Ooh, fuck. Rebecca's organized this week. Jesus. Five, <laughs> I have a five-point argument. And my argument is uh, Stuart Little is not a child, but is actually an adult. Okay. <laughs> that is what I'm bringing okay. to the table today. Okay. There is no way that Stuart Little is a child. Okay. There is no way. There is no chance of this. Okay. And there's a few reasons why. All right. Number one, point one. All right. They let him drive. Okay. <laughs> they let him drive by himself. He just drives around. Okay. No remote control. We're not going to question the science on this. Okay, working radio, just 
doing whatever he wants. He, they let him drive, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I just... I just had this image of Stuart Little like doing the like look over the shoulder and like parallel parking like real yeah. easy and be like I'm a child though I'm, I'm a, child. a child though <laughs> adopt me I am a, a, a young young I'm a young child mouse. but but you want to s maneuver it into the spot yeah yes okay yes that it, my argument is but yes Stuart Little knows how to parallel park okay <laughs> he knows it I know he knows it all right number two okay. He's voiced by a 38-year-old Michael J. Fox. <laughs> okay. Yes. That is a slam dunk of a point. I'm sorry. Slam dunk. I, I had a similar thought where I was like, a 38-year-old Michael J. Fox, if I saw 38-year-old Michael J. Fox, I'd be like, that is a teenager. Because that was a man who was per- perpetually a young boy. Uh, but hearing Michael J. Fox voice a cartoon mouse, I was like, that's an adult. That's that an is adult. an adult man that has grown up. <laughs> Which brings me to my second point. He doesn't dialogue like a child ever. Okay? He never really says anything that childlike. If anything, he talks like a narrator. It's yes. like <laughs> everything's very much like this is picturesque. This is what family is. If I had a child that was constantly like, this is what family is, I'd be like, we got to get you some therapy. You yeah. talk about this way too much. This Hi, is- mom, dad. I feel like I've got a hole in my heart, a part of me that just uh, can't be filled, and I don't know what it is. That's not how a child talks. No, no. That's not how I talk after, like, therapy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, like, it took me several sessions to get there. <laughs> you know, okay. like, what do you feel? And I'm like, I don't know, weird. <laughs> Yeah. I feel upset. You're like, are you angry? Are you jealous? Are you, I don't know, yeah. I'm upset. <laughs> okay, point number four as to why I strongly believe Stuart Little is an adult. <laughs> they leave him alone. <laughs> they leave him alone in the house all the time. <laughs> There's no yeah. parental supervision. All right? There's no freaking way. <laughs> like, they either, okay. If they if he's not an adult, they at least don't value his life at all. They left no. him alone in the house with a cat. <laughs> we told like, the to cat the no, th- so it should be fine. There's a whole scene where they're like, oh, but like they're coming, the littles are coming back home soon. Like, why are you by yourself? Where's the babysitter? You're supposed to be a child. Okay. And and finally, and this is, I believe, my strongest point, okay. There's no way this doesn't make what I'm saying. Okay. His parents have been dead for years. Do you know how long a mouse lives? Yes, I do, because I looked it up. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The longest living mice, like if we're going to say a certain species, I think the longest, the the highest I saw was seven years. Yeah. Okay, and the, that is not the average for a kept mouse. Like one in no. the house, it's two years. That's what I. That's what I read too. Yeah, one like one eighteen to months years. to two years is basically okay. the stretch. But we'll say we'll say tops, tops. Okay, outdoor specific type of mouse, which I don't actually believe uh, Stuart Little looks like. <laughs> but we'll whatever. Tops seven years. Okay, his parents have been dead for years. Okay. <laughs> He's this Stuart Little might be a ghost. You know what I mean? Like he's a geriatric. Like he's so old. Okay. He's so old. He is he is in his whatever late 80s. Okay. And he's like, you know what? Instead of getting into a retirement home, 
I'm gonna go to the adoption agency, okay? <laughs> Run a little scam, see if somebody takes me, <laughs> okay? I'm gonna plant myself on the bench. That's where the parents always sit. I'm gonna yeah. have a little chit-chat, okay? And they're gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna take this mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm fully convinced. Come on! He's an adult. He's, He's pulling adult. some sort of scam. He's pulling Stuart a scam. Little is an adult. <laughs> yes. I, I do love... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey, Stuart, what do you want to do today? He's like, I don't know. I'm going to check my 401k and then uh, <laughs> probably Look do a crossword. Look at the clothes he wears. Play some Look bridge. Look at what he likes. Okay? <laughs> he dresses like he's going to go feed the birds at the park. Yeah. Okay? He is an old man. He is dressed for a stroll. <laughs> yes. This is my strolling. Th- these are my strolling trousers, he yes. says. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. He's he dresses right, he's an like adult. he calls women broads. Okay, <laughs> he. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, but it's like you're kind of like it's old. It's like old misogyny, so it's kind of charming in a way. Yeah, like, there's no something where like you're like, anymore. oh, you don't know better. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. I think Stuart Little is running a scam. That's right, my whole point today. And even if he, like, so first of all, he is an adult, 100%. But the, yes. the life expectancy thing brings up another point where the Littles say, here he is, Georgie. Uh, he's your brother. And Georgie goes, he's not my brother. He's a mouse. <laughs> and they go, no, love him like a brother. And, like, the whole point of the movie is he does. Well, get ready to lose a brother before you're 10, Georgie, because this is, oh, <laughs> love him like a brother, and you're going to have an unspeakable tragedy before you hit puberty, my friend. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, weird. my God. That is, the, there's literally no way, like, there, there is a Stuart Little, too, and there's just no way that timeline can make any sense. He that didn't make it. No, they got, they did it like a goldfish. They went and got out a different mouse and was like, okay, your name is Stuart Little. (laughs) Okay. You like these kinds of clothes. Never stop speaking about family. Okay. (laughs) He won't, he will not know the difference. Uh, This mouse is, uh, this mouse is uh, voiced by Eric Stoll, who... uh, Who Michael J. Fox famously uh, uh, replaced in um, uh, Back to the Future. There we go. Anyway. There is, okay. There's also something that's really underplayed in this movie, which is how many times Stuart Little just almost dies, not naturally. Okay. Yeah. The amount of problems that arise within this home very quickly of like, okay, you didn't figure this out at all. And I'm going to go back to the dollhouse. They should have made him a little house for him. Yes. You come out when you want. Come, you know what I mean? You're here for dinner. Yes. We, what does he do? Go to school? Like, what does he have to learn? <laughs> you got me. No. And I, I was going to come here and make the same argument, which is like the littles, they seem like really nice people. Okay. They yeah. seem pretty all right. Well-intentioned, I would say. I, I, I would go so far as to say well-intentioned. However, I think that they are dangerously under-equipped to deal with the very special needs that being a mother and a father to a talking mouse are. As you said, first day. First day that he's there, they throw a, 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 a Georgie's shirt gets thrown on him. It gets gathered up, thrown down the, uh, the, the, the gar- not the garbage chute. The, the laundry uh, chute. Yeah. Yeah. The laundry chute. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> That's a big difference. Rich people have laundry chutes. Uh, poor people have garbage chutes. No, uh, they would probably. That's probably what rich people call their laundry chute yeah. is the garbage chute. But he like, gets I don't thrown, wear anything twice. He gets thrown down the laundry chute, which is an incredible fall for a mouse. Uh, that would be an incredible fall for a child. Uh, flat out. Uh, actually, deadly to a child. Um, gets thrown in the wash, nearly drowned. And at various other points, they just, like, as we said before, they, they are not set up. They give him a full-sized human bed. Um, they meet him by almost sitting on him. Yes. That's how they meet him. They're like, oh, almost sat on this mouse that has a suit. Can you imagine how tragic that would be, though, if you, like, <sighs> ran over something in the streets, you got out of your car, and that animal was wearing a full suit? Oh, it's oh. so much worse. It's so much worse from this moment. Okay, it, that added a whole other level to that. I just, God, Rebecca, I just thought of, like, the worst prank in the world, which is make, like, fake little flat mice wearing clothes and, like, put them behind people's tires. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because you'd feel horrible. You'd be like, yeah. what did I do? Did I just kill Stuart Little? Um so that's one way that they're they're totally animal. <laughs> yeah, just they wear clothes. Oh no! Uh, yeah, that's one way that they're totally unprepared. The other way is uh, first meal that he he eats when he gets there. For some reason, it involves gravy. I don't think you can feed mice gravy. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe I'm wrong. What? Why couldn't you feed mice gravy? I don't. I don't it just feels like something that mice shouldn't eat. Like, are <laughs> you fucking like grass and grains and things? I don't oh, know. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, it's weird that I don't know what mice eat. <laughs> now I that you mentioned like it, I just feel like mice eat everything. They eat, <laughs> they eat peanut butter, they eat cheese, they eat crackers. Yeah, I think like a lot, but I, I heard they're not actually supposed to eat cheese. Like, they don't actually like it. Like, that's like one of those misconceptions, like from cartoons and things. Oh. Yeah. yeah like, I that's why you put peanut, peanut butter. butter on a mousetrap rather than uh, cheese. Yeah, yeah. I always use peanut butter, but. Yeah, yeah. But, like, of course, that's like nuts. You know what I mean? Mm. I think they're mm. like nuts and grains type people. Like, think of a well, field. Fair mouse. enough. What are they going to find out of a field? In any case, I'm going to go back to uh, you just adopted a talking mouse. How are you not vegetarian immediately? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that is, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Okay, there is a scene I would really like to talk about that I think is, like, super insensitive and supposed to be painted as, like, very nice. Okay. And that is the scene where all the family comes over and they're, they brought gifts, okay? Yeah. They brought a bunch of gifts, okay? And they're all, they're, for, they're all hilarious gifts that a mouse could never use, right? Full-size bicycle. Which is like bicycle. a bowling ball, a full-size bicycle, all this kind of stuff. Which, I mean, valid. Anybody could make a mistake like that because who would expect their family to bring home a talking mouse? Which they all then go, oh, like they're all on board immediately. And it's like, how is that not included in the initial phone call? Okay, because this yeah. mouse is right here. Okay, you should warn a motherfucker. Okay, because... My first reaction shouldn't be in front of this talking mouse. It should be privately no. on my own. And then when I show up, I'm ready. Okay. Because like, even because you don't know what my reaction is going to be. Maybe it's very positive. Maybe I'm like, this is awesome. I didn't know this was a thing. Great. Have fun. Um, or it could be, what the fuck? 
are you doing? What do you mean? I just bought a $400 bicycle for a kid that's not here. Okay? Yeah. So... That's got to be included in the phone call. All these people learn this in real time, which is crazy to me. Crazy. Yes. Crazy. Now, secondarily, okay, what these people follow up with, which is super, I don't like this at all. I don't like this scene, okay? Because they're like, get on the bike, Stuart. No. Okay? Just no. There's no reason to do this, okay? It's just mean. Okay, you know this mouse can never ride this bike. Okay, you should be giving it being like, okay, you can ride this with George. George can ride this and you can be on the handlebars and you can guys go on adventures together or whatever. Not get on the seat. Okay, if somebody buys me a size two dress and I pull this thing out and everybody are in the room knows. Okay, there's no planet where I'm getting this on. Okay, <laughs> it's extra rude if we're all like, oh, that's going to look so great on you. It's going to look so good. And it's like, no, that's no. Why? You're just adding insult to injury here. Let's just talk in reality for a minute. Okay. This doesn't fit. Where's the receipt? Okay. <laughs> I had the same thought, Rebecca, but I like, I just put myself in like the, the headspace of the uncle who was given this <laughs> okay. bike yeah. where they go home and they're saying to their spouse, they're going to keep that fucking bike. <laughs> I spent all that money for a kid-sized bike. The mouse is never going to use it, and they're going to keep it. Like, return it. I get my money back. What are they going to? They're going to sell it, and they're going to buy their kid, like the mouse, this this little shit Barbie bike or something, and they're going to keep that money. Like, yeah, it's always like it's like that one rich family you have in your in your extended family that you'll bring gifts over, and they don't even acknowledge it because it means nothing to them, and you're like, that was a paycheck what the fuck what's happening like i spent so much time and money this is a really big deal to me because these people live like we were saying like right across from central park okay in a detached home there's no planet where any other person in this family is as well off financially as these people no. there's no plan no there's no fucking way okay so yeah but you like are pissed when you go that is house somehow huh. Like all littles can find this house is a point where that's how Stuart finds his way home is because all all true littles can find their way to this house. That's crazy. Yes, maybe, maybe yeah. it's easy to find because it's right next to Central Park, the largest park in Manhattan. Yeah, maybe that's Manhattan. the thing. And then you look along the skyline, and when it stops, you go, there it is. And you look down 600, <laughs> yes. store, 40 stories. And there's the, the, the one detached house in all of Manhattan. Un-fucking-believe. I couldn't, uh, when they're, get, get on the seat, Stuart. <laughs> oh, your, your little legs don't reach? What a surprise. <laughs> Look at them dangle. I can't believe it. <laughs> Magic before my eyes. Yeah, I, prep your family for that surprise. These people are pie in the sky absolutely just ignorant they make no sense to me at one point okay so at one point when we're at the uh we're at the race okay they're like they get stuart <laughs> they're like stuart carry that super heavy super expensive remote control over here in this crowd of people because at no point do we give a fuck about your safety not once no have we no, cared about your they're, safety 
wonderfully underprepared. Now, in all fairness, at least they're not giving all the attention to Stuart, okay, which could have been a problem. You know what I mean? They're giving equal attention to George, which I do appreciate. But we got to keep an eye out, all right? We got to, you know what I mean? We've got two parents here, two younger species of things. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to have one man on one man here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So the remote control gets crushed inevitably. Um, nobody says, thank God you're still alive, Stuart. <laughs> nobody says that. At no point does it even enter his brain that he could have died <laughs> there. Okay, so easy. And, th- and, then, and then she's like, oh, well, maybe we could fix it. That was the most smashed thing I've ever seen. I'm like, guys, we got a touchdown in reality for at least one moment of this movie. We gotta, we gotta have a real talk at some point. Look at something. Call a spade a spade for once, yeah. please. Smash electronics are not getting fixed. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I couldn't. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're real. I, I'm just saying. My point is, is that they are not on planet Earth, even if that planet Earth includes talking mice, and we can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah. They're they're making some mistakes for sure. Yes. Um, and they're no. they're mouse. <laughs> specific mistakes which is why i think it was the um uh what are the the uh the the mice who pretend to be uh his parents what was their name uh it's not important uh the other mice i think they were he was going to be better off with them yes and she obviously like the uh mrs stout obviously really liked the kid (laughs) Yeah. Quote, unquote. The adult. And you know what the biggest thing, like, other than pretending to be his parents, which we find out that they do under basically duress of being eaten. Yes. Which, which I'm sorry, in terms of, like, crazy things to do when you've got a gun to your head, but going to another house and pretending to be uh, somebody's parents of an adopted mouse when you are themselves <laughs> mice like you yeah. know like i it, it, that's that's like it's like go take care of this mouse for the rest of your life that seems like that that seems not cruel okay yeah and we're gonna okay and, and that the, is the exactly that Stuart didn't like about them i will point this out is that they were poor yeah right yeah he, he had goes, a little taste of that rich life. And yeah. they're like, nah. And not even that poor because they're living in a uh, a castle, but what what a castle on a miniature golf course. But one what I would say is a uh 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 adequately sized for a mouse. Absolutely. You know, and nobody's trying to step to on you scale. here. Yeah, it's safe, it's to scale. They go, and we su- uh, we live here in the what? This is our summer home. And in the winter, we live above a deli and we eat off the floor. Yeah. Everybody that can sounds- hear you because we're all looking each other in the eyes. I don't have to lift you up to my face to understand our, what you're saying. Our stairs are all mouse-sized stairs. You don't have yes. to climb Mount Everest every time. Yes. Yeah. Specifically for mice, this works. Okay. Yes. This really, really works. Okay. I, I and <laughs> you've brought you've brought me to uh, the point that I want to make for our villains here, which is they take a lot of steps to be not cruel for cats. They take a lot of steps. Okay, so the first thing Snowbell does is kind of just like, "Hey, lay low." 
I don't want the other cats to see this. This is a valid request. Okay, this is a great negotiation as far as I'm concerned. You got to lay it low. Don't stay away from the windows. If another cat sees you, this is going to be a problem for me. All right? Right. Then when they find out about the other cat, okay, instead of, instead of like, I don't know, killing the mouse like they would normally do, I guess, like a normal cat behavior, they go, no, 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 we're going to take these... Other ca- other mice we spared. This is apparently regular business for us. We just spare mice all the time. We're just like, hey, you owe me a favor later. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, they get him. They they take them. Whatever. Sorry, these these stouts. They get them to take Stuart Little away. Okay, very reasonable. Again, very reasonable. Okay, then he comes back. Snowbell, our main. I'll, I'll call him our main villain. Even though he does, you know, flop He's back. He's got a redemption. Up- yeah. He's got a redemption, which, you know. Nathan we, Lane, by the way, we should point that out. Voices oh, by Nathan Lane. Great. So, so funny. Anyway, uh, honestly, one, uh, for me, the uh, Snowbell was the one of the best parts of this movie. I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, we've got, <laughs> I like these cats. It reminds me of a, and you were talking about the, like the CGI off the top. It honestly, I'm like kind of nostalgic works. for this style. I'm like, I remember this. I remember being a kid, enjoying this. I can't remember what the other one, like. What was the one where the dogs were spies? What was that? Okay. Dogs and cats or whatever? I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I watched that. I remember watching that one a lot. Although I couldn't tell you a single plot point in that. Um, dogs okay. are spies. You did it. Even when. Okay. So even when Stuart Little comes back, instead of once again being like, hey, I'm going to just off you right now as a cat is one to do. I'm just going to tell you that the littles don't want you anymore. You got to get out of here, kids. Scram. Okay. And then in in a moment of redemption comes back and gets all the other cat, all of his fr- cat friends wet, which is the ultimate diss that. in cat Cats language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Woo. You just got a beat down <laughs> laid on you. You just got wet, son. Whoa. Oh, man. No, you can't. You don't like that at all. So, yeah, comes back. Snowbell's the hero. Probably didn't get a better bed by the end of this. Didn't get an upgrade. They won't even let him sleep in Stuart Little's bed. Yeah. Well, and I think think another justifiable thing with these cats is, one, once again, there's a hierarchy there, right? There's the house cats, like Snowbell, and then there's the street cats uh, who are, you know, wild and, like, tough and all the rest. And have to Um, find their food. They have to find their food. A and a, mouse in a park is food. <laughs> mouse in a park is food. And another thing that I think we need to understand about cats here is they are obligate carnivores, which means they need to eat meat in order to survive. You cannot have a cat that does not eat meat. A vegetarian cat would die, uh, essentially, uh, because they cannot get those vitamins and minerals that they need. They can't produce them themselves. They need to get it from other living things that produce those vitamins and minerals. Unlike a dog, where a dog can like kind of go both ways. They eat meat, but like they can be provided the vitamins and minerals. So we have cats who are talking to their prey and cutting deals because they don't want to be cruel all the time for cruel's sake, but do need to eat meat in order to survive. Like, I think that's a, yeah. So, so they could be horrible tyrants over these mice, 
but mm. they're not. They just realize that this is the system that they need to play within. Yeah, because and humans un- don't understand them. <laughs> and humans don't understand them, which is a whole other thing, which is, um, I think having Stuart become like a human master who can like control them is actually a really bad setback for every animal, right? Where they go, oh, okay. So like in theory, we should all be in this together. We are all sentient creatures. We can all communicate to each other, but because we can't communicate with humans, that puts us all into like the humans hierarchy and how the humans decide to use us and how the humans exploit us and treat us badly. And they should all be rising up together and being like, hey, what's up? And not once does Stuart Little say to the humans, by the way, the cat talks. Yes, or even communicate a meal order or anything. Exactly. No requests are written, no like, hey, oh, you can't talk to these people? Well, let me... What do you, you, you got a couple of messages to say? Whatever. Like there's, yes, he doesn't care. And he's like, yes, you are my pet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that is immediately a person. I'm not saying that, like, you know, I people can't. who have been in a, uh, in, a, in a bad situation should not be able to rise up to positions of authority. I'm not saying that at all. But when that is Stuart Little basically being like, I am a pet master now. I am your master. You go, no, 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 that's not what we want. We don't want we don't want one of us treating us the same way we've been treated before. We all need to be like, hey humans, we have wants and needs and personality, we have culture, we have language, we have all of these things, and we need to all all of us rediscuss how this world is set up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although arguably a much darker children's movie. Way darker. Yes. And that's what I mean. It should all stop at the moment that there is a talking mouse and everyone goes, well, this changes literally everything about the world and everything we thought and everything. But as we've established, these talking mice have been around for, you know what my favorite scene is? Years. (laughs) They got dental records. My favorite scene is when the cops come in and they dust for prints and then they go into the police station and they're like, what are, our, what are, our, what are the chances of finding uh, Stuart? And they were like, well, realistically, he's probably dead because, uh, you know, there's a lot of mice out there on murder sprees. <laughs> and then what is a very weird part of this movie, they show the parents a book of gruesome killings, which is crazy thing to even they don't actually show it but it's a crazy thing to even suggest in a kids movie that the cops that the police have a book of gruesome killings that they show everybody yeah and that they're dusting for prints mice don't have have a database they have a database (laughs) i don't think mice have finger like prints uh oh they might i don't think they do i mean like pot like Paw prints? Like, I don't know. If we've got unique swirls on our fingers, why wouldn't another animal have, like, unique swirls on theirs? I thought only, uh... Oh, I'm Googling it, guys. I'm Googling it in real time. That's (laughs) real interesting. Because I would have just thought, like, you know, if you've got skin, it'll turn into something unique on your hands and fingers kind of thing. Yeah, no. no. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's just like you have like <laughs> paw prints, but you don't have like 
you know, like Prince. You know what I mean? Like, you know how inaccurate even human being prints are, like yeah, fingerprints yeah, yeah. and shit. You're not getting a mouse. Problem. You're not getting. A, you're not catching them. No, hundred percent. Why they're on murder sprees? I agree. Okay? Yeah. Why are you even here? <laughs> you're doing nothing. Okay, you're wasting the public's time once again. So, a couple quick points I do want to make. Uh, just random. They're not going to go anywhere, but I just <laughs> want to say these. The screenplay for this is by M. Night Shyamalan. Stop. Uh, I don't know if you caught that. No, yes, I did I don't not. Know if you, I don't know if you caught that right at the beginning, but it's like M. Night Shyamalan. He, he's got a name that like jumps out at you when you see it in credits, right? Oh, my God. And, yeah, so M. Night Shyamalan. So, he did, uh, uh, I think he would have been pretty fresh off of Sixth Sense and then went and like wrote this with one other uh, guy. Uh, and then another thing that just like fascinates me for some reason is the, the song over the end credits for this movie is a Lou Bega song that is not Mambo number five. <laughs> and it is so strange when you hear one hit wonders and like, then you hear what supposed to be their second hit. Like, like, yeah. like Stuart Little couldn't get Mambo number five on the soundtrack, but it could get, uh, and the, the title of the song is one plus one is two, uh, which also like, Mambo number five is Lou Bega. One, two, three, four, five. And this one is one plus one is two. And I'm like, is Lou Bega the count from Sesame Street? That's what I want. <laughs> I want to see that crossover. I want to see that. I want to see the count do Lou Bega. That's what I want. I love that yeah. image. Very funny. And these are just the two random thoughts that I had at the top of my notes. And like, I can't finish the episode without saying these so that's uh, that's i mean that feels like a great stopping point to me (laughs) (laughs) lubeg is the count and stuart little is a class traitor uh there we go (laughs) uh did you want to uh give our definitive rankings of how good the villain is yeah yes definitely i've got the this week i have the um animals i would like to see as other animals pets um, so, uh, and I'm going to be ranking, uh, Snowbell. Okay. How, how evil Snowbell is. So, um, from a, uh, a peacock with a pet moose <laughs> to a giraffe with a pet penguin, I'm going to give, uh, Snowbell a, uh, raccoon with a wolf, with a pet wolf. Okay. I mean, probably up to a bit of evil shit, but some pretty fun times, some pretty cuteness and wonderfulness, and I have no problem with him at all. He's just being a raccoons be raccooning and cats be catting. Okay, I think that's fine. Yeah, love it. Uh, So I've got the, uh, I've done the Stuart Little scale. So on a scale from Stuart Little to Stuart Big, uh, I'm also ranking Snowbell, and I'm going to give them a Stuart medium uh, because <laughs> the sudden dissolution of generations of hierarchical speciesism is a lot to put on a house cat, is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is absolutely fair. And guys, uh, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, uh, where we discuss people who have inspired or disappointed us in our personal lives, a few ways that you can help out the podcast. First of all, uh, if you just want to get in touch with us, if you this was audience choice. Uh, we do take audience suggestions. So this is an audience suggestion. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, let us know what you think about the podcast. Ask us some questions or just uh, suggest a movie. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at vil- 
VWR Podcast. You can hit us up on Facebook at Villain Was Right. And uh, you can email us at villainwasright at gmail.com. And if you got a couple bucks, you want to help support the podcast? As always, we're on uh, patreon.com slash thevillainwasright. If you want to get in on these audience choice episodes, this one was one of my favorites. Honestly, you guys picked correct. Okay, so much fun on this episode. Uh, If you want to be involved in that, catch a couple of bonus episodes. Maybe you just want to throw us a buck. We're down for that. We love you guys. We love the henshies. We're all about them. And uh, guys, if you want to leave us a review, that always helps us so much. If you like the podcast, leave us a review. We can get some more listeners. We love that. Thank you so much. And now it is time for our Heroes and Villains of the Week. What do you got for us, Craig? Yeah, so uh, I've got a hero this week. I've got a hero. So previously on the podcast, um, I had complained about The Expanse, the TV show The Expanse. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Season five and how it didn't really work for me. Uh, And season six is out. All the episodes are out. And uh, season six is now my hero of the week. They turned it around. They uh, really uh, made things work. Season five always felt like they were setting some stuff up. And season six was all all payoff. I really enjoyed it. Um, It's uh, so, okay. So quick, uh, if if you haven't seen it, if you want to see it, some very light spoilers on the way. So if not, just jump ahead until you hit, hear Rebecca's voice. I give you like, if you're, oh, you're in the car, you're like, oh shit, fuck. Don't <laughs> say anything, Craig. Uh, this is what I'm doing right we're now. Doing, we're doing, we're buffer time, buffer time. Okay, buffer time, buffer time, buffer time. Okay, hopefully we've all had time to change it now. So the weird thing about this, it's six episodes this last season. And this is the series uh, finale that they're done with this show is what they're saying. But the beginning part of each of these episodes, like the pre-title sequence, is one of these things where it's characters you've never met before in a location we haven't really visited before, and they're clearly setting something up. And that's not unusual for a TV show where you're like, okay, come the finale, what they're doing here and what they're doing with the main characters is all going to come together, and it's going to be like some magical... Like, oh, and you'll see what's up. That did not happen. And so there was just kind of this other story going that's completely unresolved. Oh, shit. Didn't affect anything that happened in the finale, in this series finale. And I looked at it, I was like, that is so weird. And I looked it up, and The Expanse is based on a series of books, and apparently... What they're do- they were doing was setting up the villain that is like in the final three books. So rather than, so it feels like they're setting up like another season or a movie or something like that, which I don't hate, but it's so weird to call it the series finale and in what you know is your final season to be setting up further story. It's very bizarre. If they continue, if they decide to do m- more stuff, I'm there for it. But uh, yeah, that's my hero of the week. Just the expanse. But a real weird final season is what I would say. That's fun. Uh, yes, yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> that's fun. I like that. And I'm glad they. I'm glad they have some redemption. That's good. I always love when a series redeems itself. I'm like, oh thank God, I liked you for so long. I thought you were becoming a shitty person. Yeah. No, you got you brought it back. Uh, for me this week, I've got a hero. Um, I've been in, like, I, as you guys know, Ontario's kind of locked down. I mean, I, they, they don't call it a lockdown, but I think it's, we ain't doing much. 
Yeah, let's say that. Anyway, um, so I've been going back through like tons of old playlists and music, and it just reminded me of uh, this quick little story. This guy was such a hero to me. It made me laugh so hard. I might have told this on the podcast before, but I just... Chef's kiss. Love him. Anyway, so I used to be obsessed with... I love Ar- the Arctic Monkeys. Like, love, love, love. Um, all their albums. Like, just, you know, big fan since I was like 16. Anyway, I finally... Everybody has... Um, Arctic Monkeys have been on my bucket list of, like, have-to-see concerts. I think everybody has a bucket list of uh, musicians they want to see or bands and such. So, um... Finally got some tickets. This was a couple years ago. Finally got some ticks, whatever. And I'm <laughs> sitting, uh, I don't know, a couple of rows back from this one gentleman. And from the beginning of the concert to the very end, after every single song, he would scream, play Marty Bum. And he would scream it after every every song. <laughs> play it and he'd scream it and we're nowhere close to the stage like i do not have good tickets to this you know what i mean there's no way they're gonna hear it but he screams it after every single song and honestly over the course of the evening this becomes funnier and funnier to me because every time they kick into the next song it's definitely not marty bum (laughs) which makes it just funnier to me i don't i cannot explain to you why it just got funnier and funnier and funnier to me. Finally, they come out for the encore, right? And it's like, okay, if they're going to play, it might be here because it's from their first album. They right. might play it, whatever. I, but I got to tell you guys, and this might be so like, just, this is a bit mean to me. It is a bit mean, but in my head, I kept going, don't play it. <laughs> because, and I like that song, but in my head, I was like, just watching this man scream this all night with no, no, you know what I mean? No set to no satisfaction is so yeah. funny to me. <laughs> and the concert, and then you're like, okay, good night. And he goes, play Marty. <laughs> they never played it. He screamed it after they left the stage one more time. And I... He's my hero of the week. I just thought that was so fucking funny. I loved it so much. It's such a, also, yeah. Marty Bum is such a funny thing to yell. <laughs> it's a funny thing to yell once, and it's hilarious to keep yelling it. <laughs> I just thought it was so fucking funny. Anyway, that guy's my hero of the week. I laughed the whole concert. I loved him so much. I'm sure there were people that were annoyed with it. I fucking loved it. Dude, yeah. you were a gem. I loved every part of it. I'm sorry you I had, rooted against you in some capacity, but it was just too fun. <laughs> but you had the correct response to yes! that, where you were like, this is this is a game now, and I want to see how it plays out. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. I love it. Anyway, that's it uh, for me, guys. Um, as always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing. <laughs> yeah, and you can follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook or Twitter. And, uh, guys, that's it uh, for us this week. Uh, tune in next week. We've got another uh, great episode for you. We're, we are doing, uh, we're doing the, the Eternals, everybody. The Eternals, the Marvel movie, that one. Uh, it's, it's out on Disney Plus, and uh, by God, we're watching it. Uh, here we go. So tune in uh, next week for that. And until then, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you that given the choice, always adopt a human child. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
The Villain Was Right is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.